I am James Arnold, Regional Lettings Manager at Countrywide, and today I'm talking to Andrew Colverwell, Lettings Technical Director for Countrywide. Andrew will provide us with his thoughts on the regulatory landscape for landlords, what key legislation they need to comply with, what the current situation for proposed changes, and what landlords need to keep an eye on as we move into 2022. Welcome to Let's Talk Lettings, Andrew. 2021 has been a challenging year for many, and with the lettings market has certainly been affected. What key regulatory aspects do you think have been front and centre for landlords? Thanks, James. Well, unsurprisingly, uh, the effects of COVID-19 on possession proceedings uh, remained at the fore in the minds of most landlords uh, when it came to regulation uh, in 2021. Um, Possession proceedings returned pretty much to some form of normality in England, um, with notice periods back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, In Scotland, however, uh, they remain at six months for rent arrears until March 31st this year um, at the earliest. And um, in Wales, most cases, uh, six months notice is required until March 24th uh, when the Coronavirus Act comes to an end. Okay. And how are the mechanics of possession proceedings work in reality then? Well, in practice, uh, the road to possession is not one without delays, Um, as an already challenged court service deals with a backlog in cases. Uh, Whilst the mandatory requirement for remote review hearings ended uh, back in November, um, a sizable number of courts have chosen to retain them um, in light of local conditions. Uh, The listing of possession claims will naturally vary from court to court. Um, However, it's not unusual for courts to be working through any kind of pre-pandemic backlog uh, before listing more recent cases. Uh, But in more positive news, uh, waiting times are gradually reducing and certainly not getting any worse. Uh, Bailiff services um, are reportedly back to normal in most parts of the country. Uh, A perhaps obvious caveat here um, in terms of us uh, waiting to see whether or not the new Omicron variant has any effect on the level of staff absences in the court service and therefore their ability to list and hear cases. Okay and how has the market reacted to help landlords out? Um, obviously where collecting rent has become more of an issue during the pandemic. How has the government reacted um, to that? Uh, well good news um, in that the availability of landlord rent and legal protection products opened up early in 2021 um, as understanding by insurers and their underwriters grew around the impact of uh, the pandemic on tenant arrear levels and possession proceedings. Um, And it's important to say, whilst not a response to the pandemic, um, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that in the Queen's speech uh, last May, uh, government confirmed, and I'm quoting here, um, government will help uh, more people to own their own home, whilst um, enhancing the rights of those who rent in England. Now, the highlights of proposals include um, a consultation paper on reforming tenancy law through the abolition of possession notices under Section 21 of the Housing Act. Um, uh, Section 21 being the method that landlords can uh, regain possession of their property for what are commonly known as no-fault evictions. Um, Reforms to improve standards in rented accommodation. Now, this might include uh, a right to redress and targeted enforcement. Also, uh, plans for a new lifetime tenancy deposit. And uh, finally, strengthening the grounds for possession where a landlord has a valid reason uh, for wanting their property back. Now, the Ministry of Leveling Up Housing and Communities, a bit of a mouthful that one, um, announced back in October uh, that the long-awaited uh, rental reform white paper would now not be published until 2022, uh, with the extra time allowed for, and I'm quoting here again, for a balanced package of reforms. So you know, we wait with a uh, bated breath to see you know, what, what the white paper brings, brings forward. OK, so there's a real focus by the government on strengthening tenants' rights, but also generally reforming possession terms. What are the practical implications of these potential reforms? 
Yeah, that's an interesting one. So, you know, in practice, um, it, it's widely expected that tenancies in England will have no fixed term. Um, instead, ending either when a tenant is in default or whether landlord has a genuine reason for requiring possession, um, as you touched on earlier. Um, so what is a genuine reason, you may ask? Well, um, examples might include needing to take up occupation, so moving back into the property themselves um, or wanting to sell the property. Now, obvious concerns with an approach like this um, centre on the practical steps involved in you know, obtaining possession and whether the courts will be involved. Um, if so, um, which would seem like a distinct possibility, then how will an already stretched court system uh, be resourced to cope with an increase in demand um, on their services? Um, you know, never has the phrase, you know, the devil be in the details seem kind of more appropriate than here. OK, so um, that covers England, but what could happen in Wales? Well, so turning to Wales, um, the Renting Homes Amendment Bill, um, which amends the 2016 Act, um, is expected to be implemented during 2022 um, and promises much the same as, you know, as is proposed in England, um, which we touched on just now, um, and which is already in place in Scotland. The Welsh Parliament um, has promised a six-month lead-in process from announcement to implementation, after which all existing tenancies look likely to be captured by the provisions of the Act. Um, and an announcement by the Welsh Assembly is, is expected pretty much, you know, um, any time in the first part of 2022. OK, so um, we all know that possession is obviously vital to the lettings landscape and needs to be watched closely. What else is a hot topic that landlords need to look at? Well, um, if, if concerns around possession were at the forefront of most landlords' minds during 2021, then for those with apartments, and building safety will not have been too far behind. It seemed as though you know hardly a week went by in 2021 without further news on how replacement and upgrading of external wall systems, so you know cladding to you and I, um, and fire prevention works might be supported. I think the outlook for leaseholder support has arguably improved for many during 2021, albeit that much detail remains to be confirmed. So in practical terms, what approach do landlords take, Andrew? Yeah, well, that's a good question. So, well, you know, as safety improvement works are scheduled and commence, it's really important that landlords carefully consider and communicate with their tenant and their agent what impact, if any, um, this could have on prospective tenants. Now, through the lens of the consumer protection regulations, um, landlords should declare at the outset details of scheduled works which might have a material effect on a tenant's decision on whether or not proceed. Now, with works on many buildings, you know, you know, more than likely to be invasive and include the erection of scaffolding, um, transparency is all the more important if problems and potential claims are to be avoided. In related news, uh, the Building Safety Bill continues its passage through Parliament. Um, now, this strengthens obligations under various pieces of regulation, um, including the Regulatory Reform Fire Safety Order. Um, the bill intends to implement more stringent oversight over high-risk buildings. Now, again, we'll need to wait and see you know, how this will impact landlords away from their leaseholder responsibilities. Um, but structured communication with tenants around building safety plans and who they contact in the event of any problems, questions or concerns looks likely to feature. So from, from what you're saying, landlords need to be um, very practical, um, keep open lines of communication with the tenants and also keep an eye on kind of the regulatory developments. But what else do they need to be mindful of? 
Well, in November, government responded to a consultation on extending rules in England um, on smoke and carbon monoxide alarms in rented property. Once uh, parliamentary approval has been given, um, the smoke and carbon monoxide alarm England regulations 2015 will, amongst other things, stipulate that any room where a fixed combustion appliance is fitted, which includes uh, gas boilers, will need a carbon monoxide alarm. Now, previously, the requirement included appliances such as wood-burning stoves and rooms with an open fire, but it excluded gas boilers, which under the changes are now firmly in scope. Um, but gas cookers are excluded, however. Once advised of a fault, landlords will be required to repair or replace the um, the alarm concerned as pretty much as you'd expect. Well, we've, we've all seen alongside the pandemic, the current um, climate crisis has been really out of the news as well. Um, but what effect would this have on the letters business, do you think? Well, no regulatory update would be complete without mention of energy efficiency, and uh, never more so than in 2021, following COP26 in Glasgow, um, with net zero emissions now enshrined in legislation. So long-held expectations are that the current minimum E rating will be increased, um, rising to a minimum C rating by 2025. Now, notwithstanding the detail and timeframes still to be confirmed, um, landlords are advised um, and strongly advised uh, to build an understanding of what steps can be taken to improve their property's energy rating. You know, if for no other reason than to make provision for the cost of improvements um, and including knowing what financial support might be available to them. So landlords should look to future proof their properties to help spread the cost of any changes they need to make to comply with energy efficiency requirements. Finally, what existing legislation has come into force recently should landlords remember to comply with? Um, well, last April, um, saw existing tenancies in England needed to comply with the electrical safety standards regulations of uh, 2020. So prior to that, from July uh, 2020, only new tenancies required an inspection, testing and the issuing of a report every five years on electrical safety. Um, so what does that mean in practical terms for any new landlord listening in? Well, with the exception of new build properties um, and complete rewires, where an electrical installation certificate known as an EIC um, should have been provided, then for all other properties, an electrical installation condition report known as an EICR um, is used to comply with the regulations. Now, an important point here um, is that um, experience has shown that the cost of bringing even relatively new properties up to the required standard can be considerable. So landlords um, letting a property for the first time without any ICR um, are advised to commission one as soon as possible in the letting process. Leaving this until um, a tenant has been found risks serious delays to commencement of the tenancy, um, as well as the potential for you know, unexpected and you know, moreover unwelcome expenditure, of course. So um, in terms of what else um, 2022 has in store for the private rented sector, um, we'll have to wait and see. But one thing is for certain in that the spotlight is unlikely to move far away from the private rental sector this year. Thank you. Thank you for that, Andrew. Um, that was really insightful um, and definitely plenty to think about. Um, and thank you for everyone for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to keep updated on news and insight from Letters Industry, please remember to subscribe to Let's Talk Letters for your podcast provider. Please also share these details with anyone that may be of interest to. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much.